Hello. My name is Dr. Mercurio Arborea, and I am the founder of the Arborea Institute. Through our unique blend of benign pharmacology, sensory therapy, and energy sculpting, we can guide you to a new, better, happier you. You're about to embark on a great journey. Let the new age of enlightenment begin. What is at stake is more than one small country. It is a big idea. A new world order. It's no longer a theory. What I'm about to say is fact. The secret organizations of the world power elite are no longer secret. They have planned and are now leading us into a one-world communist government. Welcome useless eaters to the Odd Man Out podcast, where we talk about hidden history, deep political policy, occult deconstruction, economics, religion, and philosophy. I'm your rabbit hole aficionado, the Odd Man. Welcome. The affirmative task we have now is, uh, is to actually... Um, uh, create uh, uh, a new world order. Public policy could itself become the captain of a scientific, technological elite. And when that first cocaine was smuggled in on a ship, it may as well have been a deadly bacteria so much as it hurt the body, the soul of our country. But take my word for it, this scourge will stop. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I have another good show for you. I can't wait. My guest is very unique, has an awesome perspective, and uh, so I know we're going to have a great show. I'm talking about MoFax from the MoFax with Adam Curry podcast, and if you haven't listened to it, I suggest you start now and binge listen to it (laughs) as much as you can because it's a very cool show. Hey, Mo. Yes, sir. Hey, man. How you doing? How you doing? Doing Doing pretty good. good, How about yourself? Doing great. Doing great. I appreciate you being on. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) Very cool, man. Uh, I guess I should start off with uh, saying thank you to Sir Tim of the Tunnels for uh, kind of uh, messaging me. I I guess he uh, kind of tagged us both in in a message on Twitter. So yes, that's cool that he brought us together. And uh, if anybody doesn't know Adam Curry, obviously most people do, but he is kind of like the pod father, the guy that's kind of credited with starting podcasts. So uh, before we get into our subject, uh, could you just tell us quickly how you kind of hooked up with Adam and you guys I, started the show? I guess I give the origin story. Um, <laughs> so basically, um, I had been doing some YouTube videos. I actually started out on a star report calling in. And it's kind of funny how I got started. I just called him to his show one day and uh, relayed some uh, quote-unquote conspiracy theory kind of top uh, information on a certain topic. And he had me back again and again. And then one day, um, Adam Curry on, on No Agenda podcast was talking about uh, reparations. And he uh, brought up DOS. And I was like, okay, let me reach out to um, Adam. And because I was, I'm a, I'm a listener, a producer of um, No Agenda. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, I just reached out and I sent him a tweet. And that tweet ended up being us tweeting back and forth on his honeymoon. <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> I knew he was not like kind of into what we were talking about. And it went from there. We had a couple of phone conversations and he was like, well, I like these conversations so much. Maybe we should do something. And that's something we didn't know what either one, what it was going to be. And it just kind of what I would do on my lives. If I don't know if you've been on my YouTube channel or not, I would just take one topic. Um, and I had actually done a show on Meghan Markle a couple of years ago um, where I went through and I called, called the show, I think is Meghan Markle, the queen of multiculturalism. Cause I could kind of see like the tea leaves. And so mm-hmm. he had watched that. And he was like, I like what you do. And I kind of just brought that format over to the show. And then he, you know, blessed it with the uh, pod father <laughs> uh, touch. And 60 episodes later, here we are, Mo Facts with Adam Curry. And that's legit. That's how it happened. Just the simple uh, reaching out and connecting with people. That's so cool, man. That's, you know, one thing I've, I've noticed now, just with, I'm on my, this is like, will be the 62nd ep- episode. So you guys, man, you guys have been rolling hard, but um, I've noticed that it is a pretty small community of people doing kind of like, you know, alternative kind of stories or whatever you want to call it. I I hate the truther kind of title, but, you know, kind of alternate uh, ideas in in alt media or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a pretty small community. So I'm kind of introverted. So it's like, I usually don't reach out. Like I, I have a hard time asking people to be on which is terrible. I, I, that's the funny thing. I don't either. I mean, this is why it's totally outside of my personality. I mean, sorry if I intervene, no, but I just want to be in agreement with you that two times, right? I was listening to a star report and I've never called into a show before. And he asked a question and I could kind of just share with you. Um, I, rem- I remember the question to this day. He said, why did they leave Jussie Smollett's uh the noose around his neck for so long i mean because he wore it for a matter of like minutes or you know 90 minutes almost an hour he left Mm -hmm. it on and what it seemed like to me was like a masonic ritual oh you know how they put the noose around your neck and they're you know they're in the part of their uh their initiation so i was like well let me call in and tell them (laughs) what what i think and i got through i mean just like that and i share what i i mean i was nervous as all get up i was probably talking a hundred miles a minute uh, heart was thumping and from just having that interaction that kind of built me the confidence to speak on things in, in public um then I started doing the YouTube channel and I went from there and then like I said it just I, I move like that whenever I, I feel an urge to move I yeah. move but it doesn't uh doesn't happen that often but mm-hmm. when it happened when I'm for the urge of the pool you know what I'm saying it's um uh, you you have to follow the urge. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, and you've definitely got just from listening to your shows. I've probably heard like twelve of your shows or something like that, mm-hmm. and you have a very unique perspective in it. I mean, I think it needs to be heard. A lot of people need to hear it, and a lot of the stuff. I mean, a lot of the podcasts they're kind of the same thing, you know, just with a slightly different view. Uh, and there, there's special ones out there. And I think you have a special podcast and a special perspective. And I think that uh, it, you know, people need to check it out. And so I think that's really the main cool thing you- odd is I enjoy what I do. And if anybody wants to get into this podcasting, the first thing is you have to enjoy what you do because 
you'll get discouraged <laughs> and you'll get creative block and you'll get um if you start trying to chase numbers or likes or that kind of thing you'll get you know discouraged because it doesn't happen all at once um but if you really like what you do every time if nothing else you'll get a kick out of it and now i mm -hmm. really i tickle myself <laughs> putting the shows together because at I never go, I kind of know what I want to talk about, but I kind of like, that's what they call a rabbit hole. I follow where the rabbit hole takes me. It's not like I have a, an agenda and I'll go out and find facts to support that agenda. So a lot of times I learn and find, and I'm like, wow, I can't believe I found that clip, you know, or wow, I can't <laughs> believe I can found this person saying this. I've always had that thought, but to have somebody actually saying it from the mainstream media, it just, it, that's, that's my joy. Uh, mm -hmm. doing the investigation so and i've been doing it for a long time i used to have a group chat that we were a part of and i was just kind of like that kind of grew me into posting in a linear form right of how about this and how about this and how about this you know kind of proving your point and that's kind of what i do with adam and he's like my sounding board you mm -hmm. know and my part my partner in crime so i really appreciate it and i enjoy yeah, doing the show absolutely yeah you guys make a good pair man for sure so we're going to talk about the occult and kind of how it manifests in our daily lives. And I, mm -hmm. I'm glad that you brought that subject up because I enjoy talking about it. And it just seems like the more and more I look around, it's, it's just everywhere. And people are really, a lot of people are really into it too, all these different types of occult aspects and new age aspects and, and ideas and stuff like that. And, and so, um, I think that uh, people are kind of quick to jump onto that, especially I've noticed like if people kind of get bewildered by politics or one of the political parties or say, you know, the, the whole Trump presidency, I'm seeing a lot of people since that, you know, it kind of fell through. He didn't get reelected and all the crazy QAnon stuff that didn't come true. They're really mm -hmm. bewildered there. And a lot of people are turning kind of into nihilists and they're jumping on that, that kind of occult new age a bandwagon and there's not not everything in that is is a lie but i feel like they jump on it and and they believe all these different things without really looking into them because it kind of fits what they want to believe which is that everything out there is a lie you know everything you've ever been told is a lie and they don't understand that you actually that's not quite true i mean there's been a lot of lies and a lot of things hidden but there's you know different um levels of lies and different levels of the truth and so you have mm -hmm. to really put the time in to understand things so um why don't you start and kind of give us your idea on how the occult does kind of get into our everyday lives so just to start i think people have to understand what quote-unquote rich witchcraft is and that's just basically um controlling controlling people or controlling i mean magic is controlling the the uh, nature or the the natural properties of things and converting it from, from one thing to another that's kind of like what alchemy is right the converting of, of 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 one material into gold i mean is, is one example of that so if you look at witchcraft in that standpoint it's like how are we being controlled and now you hear you hear me saying on the on the show often they're casting spells and people probably think i'm talking about um witches with a cauldron and throwing newts and, and frogs and all these no when i say casting a spell that's a way of manipulating 
what you think or how you think. Um, so I think in that aspect of it, we see it on multiple different levels, like with either like say sex magic or even the practice of wearing makeup. Now I'm not saying that people can't wear makeup, but what you're doing is you're using substances, substances to manipulate how people perceive you <laughs> from mm-hmm. what reality is. So all of these things go back when you start to investigate them, they come from a very uh, ancient time. And the practices come from a form of uh, worship. I mean, if you take, uh, what's that, the Sleeping Beauty, Mirror, Mirror on the Wall. I mean, that's scrying, <laughs> but it's right there in our, um, and scrying is the act, act of like, which is looking into the mirror to get the future. But it's mm-hmm. right there in our everyday life, in our everyday fairy tales um, that we tell our children. So I, I don't want to get people... I know me and Adam, we talk about it all the time, like a tongue in cheek manner, because like, be aware, but don't let it consume you. Because Mm -hmm. even the fact of searching for the truth can become, uh, make you uh, obsessed. And it's like, oh, did you see that symbol? You can't even sit down and watch a TV show. (laughs) You'll see it. You'll see the symbols and the hand signs. But what it does is it pushes people away. So what I try to do is, humanize it in a way they say yeah we're being manipulated now be aware of it and don't be manipulated right so that's kind of how i see it yeah but these symbols are all around us just like when uh, i did the show about justice (laughs) and lady justice and and i brought the point where 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 people had got all been out of shape about the baphomet being put in front of these state houses when we have the mother goddess in every courtroom across the world but nobody says anything. It's cause, because this is ingrained in us. Um, you look at the Statue of Liberty, the same thing. Um, uh, you look at the Washington Monument. A, a lot of it's based off Egyptian uh, occult symbols. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just amazing how we can have this um, cognitive dissonance of saying yeah. certain symbols and we accept them. I mean, look at the back of a dollar bill. It's all there for you to see, <laughs> but it's like, well, we're numb to that. But then when somebody says um, some kind of witchcraft word, it's like, oh yeah, no, people jump all over it. But yeah, that's like I said, if we just um, work backwards from what we see as a cult and explain it in the practical, I think we can win a lot more people over to uh, the side of just spin their spot the stuff and call it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense because it overwhelms people when you really hit them hard with this kind of stuff. And, you know, and, and people like you and me, we've learned this stuff slowly over time, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's like, but, but when you come to a certain point where you know so much of it, you can, when you're talking to someone who doesn't know anything about it, it's easy to overwhelm them because, you know, you, you can't, a lot of people don't understand that they're telling them too much, at once you know all in one sitting so it's like i agree with you uh kind of your approach would works much better than trying to hit people hard with you know 10 facts about the occult and all these different <laughs> things you know yeah because what happens is either you're going to do this one of two things they're going to walk away thinking you're crazy or they're going to walk away thinking they're crazy if you just yeah. bombard them with a bunch <laughs> of information because it's like what for the people to think you're crazy they're gonna be like what is he talking about and then you get on a roll and you're saying all factual things but 
what they hear is is like crazy, 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 you know, breath, <laughs> crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy, you know, or you wake people up too fast. And I and I liken that to in the natural. If somebody try to wake somebody up too fast, what's the first thing they do? They go in defense mode, right? It's like, I don't mm-hmm. know why I'm being woke up <laughs> this abruptly, but <laughs> no, it's just a natural reaction to say, whoa, what are you doing? You know, that kind of thing. So I think if you just start off with saying, what do you see? How do you explain this? You know, this on the practical level. And the more, the closer we get <laughs> there, like you said, the more it's coming out. The more they tell you, I think the election of Donald Trump did more for the exposure of witchcraft, probably than anything else in modern history, because you had witches coming out on local news saying, yeah, we're going to use spells to try to get him out of here, you know, get something orange and <laughs> get mm-hmm. this and get that. And, you know, and we're going to cast spells. We've never seen that before. But yeah. if we go back to history, you can see Abraham Lincoln's wife used to bring, um, for lack of a better word, witches into the White House, you know? So, I mean, this is, it's always been here. It's just, I think the veil is slowly being lifted, even, but even faster now to say, okay, they're ready for it. They're ready for yep. this, ready to be exposed. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Uh, there's a, an author by the name of Gary Wayne, and he writes, he wrote this like massive book called the Genesis six conspiracy. And he says that, uh, he believes God has a type of restrainer on people like that practice the occult and people who are pushing for kind of a new world order, you know, utopia, whether it's you call it the new Atlantis or the age of Aquarius mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, uh, and, and God hasn't let them completely, you know, reveal themselves. Well, he says that they have God hasn't let them completely take control and do everything they want. But he says, I guess it's called revelation of the method. You know, he basically won't let them completely hide themselves. And, Mm -hmm. you know, people don't have to believe that's true, but it kind of makes sense because they almost always give themselves away with their, like you're saying, the little hand signs or uh, just little things here and there, little symbols, certain words, you know, that they use. And it's like, you can see so much of it once you kind of learn the lingo and the symbolism and stuff like that. And, uh, but they and, do that in a sense, they do that in a sense to like a serial killer leaves the clue behind. <laughs> it's yeah. no fun. If you just kill somebody, you know, it's like, I have to let some let someone know I was here. And I think that's the sociopathic <laughs> nature of these people. They just can't get away with it. If that's not good enough, they have to demoralize you to say, yes, we know we're doing this. And you brought up a key word there, and I, I, I wanna bring it back to you. These governments, or this one world government, seek what? Control. What do we call witchcraft? Control. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they use the media, technology, um, finance, uh, what I call the new gods. And I, I brought this topic up to you to ask you, did you have, have you ever seen uh, American gods before? And I think you said you haven't, but I'm just going to give you a premise of the show and then we could like chew on that for a minute. Okay. And it's um, basically you have the old gods, which is represented by Odin and Thoth and uh, I think Anubis and Ishtar and all these old gods, right? You know, the, the, the old pagan gods. 
they represent all the old guys and they were brought here by the immigrants to America and still worshiped. And then here, the guys that were created here in America is technology. You have one that's called um, technical boy, which is represents technology. Um, the intangibles, they represent the modern stock market and finance. And then you have Mr. World and he's like the head God of the new gods. And these guys are battling for uh, believers. That's the premise of the show. <laughs> and they wow. walk amongst us, you know, and it's weird because they can do this thing where they'll be in a physical place and then they'll, they'll shift dimensions <laughs> and they'll have a war over in this dimension and come back to the physical world. So I, like I said, I think they're exposing a lot of this stuff and, I, and I'll wrap up I'm saying with the, this last point. I think this is what we're seeing in the real world now, right? You have the tech gods and the, and the yeah. science, science gods and the finance gods. And who are, they, who are they battling? The old guys, the metals, the oils, you know, the things that people used to believe in. Yeah. And I think there's a real, <laughs> when yeah. I saw this show, it kind of, I saw it being advertised. I was like, ah, oh, that looks you know, kind of sci-fi-ish. And I'm not a big sci-fi fan. But I actually sat down and watched the episode and I was like, holy smokes, they're kind of pulling back the veil and, and showing us what's going on. Ooh, I'm, I'm definitely going to check out this show. That sounds right up my alley, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, one thing I've kind of noticed is in the last few weeks, because I, I was listening to Manly P. Hall, one of his lectures, and I like to know what these guys think. And he was probably one of their best philosophers. So I try to I was studying for the, those shows I did on uh, Zeitgeist and uh, astrotheology. And he was saying, you know, that um, in the alchemical process, you have to destroy the old things to build the new things. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, my gosh, that's the Great Reset. That's exactly what's going on. And then I started thinking about all these uh, different wars, you know, modern wars that, uh, you know, a lot of them really were unnecessary and, and and they pulled us in you know different factions pulled kind of america in there and, and of course 9 11 we we didn't have to be pulled we were the ones behind it or not us but you know our, our leadership but right 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 and i believe that those a lot of those are the same kind of thing destabilization and destroying the old to try to build their new order and so i think it's an alchemical process and i don't know it just makes sense to me but isn't that what the Bible was about? I mean, the building up and tearing down of towers, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's, yeah. what, I mean, I don't I want to get too religious. I'm a, I'm a believer myself, but I one thing I try not to do is bash people over the head or force feed people religion because yeah, it's not yeah. how you win them over, right? I mean, you win right, them right. over by, by your walk, not your talk. So right. um, I think, but if you remember back when they said with Christ, Christ said, I'm going to tear down the temple and rebuild it in three days. And that just mm -hmm. lends more to your uh, your statement about, the um no the destroying rebuild uh purpose or uh mindset they love to tear down things and and rebuild them but that's manipulation and control um but yeah it's just i don't i don't, I don't know it's is it a good thing that they're exposing themselves or a bad thing i think i'm i never always tell people i never try to tell people what to think i try to tell them how to think and mm -hmm. and that's not i don't have all the answers but when you're watching the news what are you processing are you processing processing with your emotions you know because these these news products are spells <laughs> at the yeah. end of the day they are created to have you walking away defeated demoralized 
uh, indoctrinated. And it's like, what do you take away from it? There's some truth there if you're not a process, process it correctly. So yeah, I think all these things lead back to it and they lead back to our natural worlds. Uh, and I think the real battle they want to have is the original battle and that's between the woman and the man. Um, I think that's why you have this thing called a gender war. Uh, it's just basically the reliving of the war between, I brought up Lilith before in a show before, but um, that's when you know Adam's, allegedly Adam's first wife. But then even with Adam and Eve, there's, that's how the dark side operates. It's like, if I can get in between there, um, then I've won. Mm-hmm. Because you can't have any anything built out of it if a woman and a man can't come together, right? Everything right. else is just torn asunder. And I think that's the whole purpose of what they're trying to do now. That's why you have the, you know, the old way of the old guard or patriarchy, what do you want to call it, and what they're trying to do. They're trying to tear it down, that temple of patriarchy, that the, the strong man, you know, you know, the 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 masculine figure, and they're switching to their gods to the alt to the um more feminine gods mm-hmm. yeah yeah and they you know they believe that we were all genderless spirits anyway so it kind of goes along with what they think that we were originally were before we had human bodies so mm-hmm. i definitely think you're correct and and uh, you know i look at like uh you're talking about the um the tower of babylon and, and they they built uh one of the eu buildings is a replica of what they thought the Tower of Babel looked like. Mm-hmm. And there's a famous painting of that tower. It's really old. And so they tried to build that EU building to look like that. And on the other side of the building is a pyramid shaped building. So it's <laughs> like, and then you look at that, there's a new, Go- I think it's a new Google building or Amazon. I think it's Amazon uh, being built in New York that looks very similar to it too. And it's kind of like, you know, they're trying to, it seems like they're trying to replicate certain things, you know, and uh, they're still it's, trying. It's, it's symbolism. I mean, they, they're yeah. ta- tapping into nostalgia is a, is a thing. Um, there's certain symbols that resonate with us that we don't even realize. You no, know, this, I have to believe it's hard baked into our DNA. <laughs> um, yeah. if, uh, and when we see it, this, I'll give you an example, a snake. Now, you could have a harmless snake in your yard, you know, like a garter snake. But just the image of that snake and how it looks, it triggers something in you. (laughs) Deep inside you, I don't know what it is, but a snake startles people more than any other. I live near the country, right? And I've had bears in my yard (laughs) and I've had snakes in my yard and other animals. But that snake, like it triggers something in our psyche. And I don't know what that is. I mean, is that learned from my stories of the snake? Or is it just that is just our immortal enemy um, on a on a level that we don't even understand? So I just like to bring that up that these images and you know um and symbols, um, these buildings that they build, as you were mentioning about the new buildings, I brought it up by the African American Museum in Washington, DC. It's an inverted uh pen, uh pyramid. And it's really representing the the womb, and it, it sits uh, adjacent to the Washington Monument, which represents the phallic symbol. Wow! It's like, why would you build these things? I mean, you say a matter of like, you know, less than a mile. I mean, they're visible of each other. Like, what what are you trying to communicate here? Um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, like I said, I just bring these things up to say, 
I think they know. I think they love the wink, wink, nod, nod. Um, like we pull, you know, just like I said, go back to the dollar bill. Why would they put all of that on the back of a dollar bill? What What does that mean? And I don't have the answers. I mean, I'm sure mm-hmm. we have people that broke it down, but what, why do they need to let us know that they're here? Mm-hmm. They have all the power. It's, you know, uh, uh, in this world, why, why the demoralization, why the control factor? That is a great question. And I, I've been telling people, like we're talking about DC and all the occult symbolism there, you know, and you walk around the town and it's everywhere and you don't see statues of Jesus. I think there's one etching of Moses beside Confucius and somebody else. But other than that, I mean, there's not very much Christian symbolism in that town at all. And that's the center of basically that's the center of world power if you think about it a lot of deals get done there we make the decisions to go into wars to spend billions of dollars and kill thousands and thousands of people in that city of course you know new york would be the next one and then in new york you have rockefeller center which is kind of like the hub the other hub of uh you know where a lot of things are decided economically and you've got the huge mural of Zeus with the scales and it says, let knowledge be the reason of our time or something like that. Mm-hmm. Around the corner, you have Prometheus holding up the world on his shoulders <laughs> or, or no, I'm sorry, yeah. it's Atlas, I think. And then uh, on the other side, you have Prometheus with the torch and he's basically the Lucifer figure. And that's all right in that same area. So it's like, these, these are the people that have ruled us for a very long time and i i feel like they've kind of fooled a lot of people in the new age movement because i realized there's like a kind of a i call it like the hippy dippy uh, version of the new age where a lot of people are all into astrology and different things like that and the age of aquarius is, is kind of like the great uh awakening of q it's going to be this awesome time where everybody's going to wake up and everything's going to be great and fair and balanced and you know all that stuff but I feel like the uh, the the elite have these same occult beliefs, but they're not going to make everything fair and, and equal. That that's not what their goal is, even if, though they say that, because they're they're never gonna let us be equal with them. I mean, there's no way. So fair and equal in what sense? Because I think I, I want to bring up one thing that you brought. We should run down the list of the statues, and then we'll get back to that question about fair and equal. One you remember the one that you didn't point out was the, I think the Merrill Lynch bull, which oh, yeah, uh, yeah. represents Bow, right? Um, right. But if you noticed, remember they put the little girl in front of her, in front of the bull, mm-hmm. and yeah. that kind of represents the changing of the guards, right, from a masculine to a more feminine. And I think we're entering into an age of um, when I when I don't mean feminism in the belief, you know, of e- women equality, but I think in the changing of regards of just the power, uh, more or more of a feminine power. And the other question you were asking was, um, I said I would get back to was what I kind of got lost in the tangent there, but um, but yeah, it's just it's all about power um, and the of, of equal. Well, I, I think this, you have a right-hand path and a left-hand path, right? And I think they're inversions of each other. You're going to have the same thing. You have a Christ, you have an antichrist. You know, you, yeah. you, you're always going to have this balance. Uh, and in the balance, I think that's our true free will is to decide. 
because if they wanted to destroy the Bible, they could have. Let's just be honest here. I mean, if they wanted to destroy it before the printing press, they could have got rid of it. But I think they have to let it be so it's a fair game. They're mm-hmm. they're playing for souls here. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, okay, you have your side, we have our side. Let the person decide which side they want to be on, which one, which one is more appealing to them. And I think the Eastern beliefs appeal to people because things manifest in the natural. Right. I mean, you can feel you can feel when you uh, me- uh, meditate and um, even when you start dabbling in some of the deeper forms of magic, you can feel something and you can actually see something. And God said it's a wicked nation to ask for a sign because he's like, you can't have faith and a sign. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, if you have a sign, then there's no more faith. Right. You know, or yeah. if you, you know, if you have faith, then you don't require a sign. And I think that's where these people are sorely misguided. Um, now, I will say this, like, um, as one of my favorite people unplug them, uh, this guy on YouTube, he said that the uh, the devil is a just a copycat or imitator. He just takes whatever is good and inverts it. That's all he does. <laughs> so yeah. um, when you look at it from that point, he doesn't have the power of creation. He only has the power of manipulation. That's why he had to come to Eve the way he did was like, did he really say that? Did you hear him say that? You know, and this kind of implant doubt in her mind and just like go away and let whatever happens happen. So I I would like to bring up that point. Yeah, that's a good point, man. Yeah. Another thing um, I didn't realize till the last couple months, uh, my friend uh, John Brisson, he uh, told me that the Rockefellers actually helped fund the the Nag Hammadi uh, Gnostic Library. And I got to looking into that, and it was actually done through UNESCO and the UN, and it was Julian Huxley, the guy that helped, uh, basically was the father of UNESCO, and and he was a eugenicist and all kinds of other things, but uh, he definitely wanted to control the future generations through uh, education and entertainment, basically. So I think that was that's kind of interesting, but um, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying, man. Oh. The Rockefellers had their hands in everything. I mean, a lot of the HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities were funded by them. I mean, like, like they, that's that controlling spirit that they have. That's why they have to have eugenics. Even if they're coming from a good place, right? Say, okay, we have far more people than we can feed. They just can't let nature take its course. It's like, we have to manipulate this. We have to put eugenics in. We have to, you know, uh, put all forms of birth control and uh, sterilization and these things. That's that's when I, that's when I, if you start there with witchcraft and having conversations, I'll say, isn't that a form of control? Isn't that a form of manipulation? And then you go back to the definition of witchcraft. In that sense, then that brings people in. They're like, hmm, they'll think about something. Like, like I'm not telling you what to think. Just think about it. And then you get to the deeper, more occult symbolism and what those families were all about. But that's how it manifests itself in the everyday world we live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And yeah, the, the, the Rockefellers did. Man, It's like so many of those, you know, large philanthropies, they did good. And it was kind of like at the same time they were doing good, they were, like you said, doing things. It was really a means of control, even though they mm-hmm. did bring good things in and did some good things and that's the same thing with gates and and these uh newer guys and it looks like i guess uh 
Jeff Bezos is following in those footsteps too. But, um, and it's another thing I've, I've noticed as I've gotten older, it seems like so many of the times individuals and groups end up going too far. So they start off with good intentions and then they just keep going and going and go too far. And then of course we, we see that in politics. That's probably the easiest one. People kind of go blindly for either side and, and kind of lose their critical thinking skills. But I feel like a lot of stuff in the past is started out, you know, with good intentions. And I don't know about the Rockefellers, but, but, um, you know, I don't know. I just wanted to put that, point that out. I don't think they seek good. I think they seek balance because like you were saying about Zeus with the scales. I mean, when you're a God and they think they're, they think they're gods walking this earth <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're yeah. like, as long as I balance it out, right. As long as I balance out the, the negative with the positive, then, then, then we're good. The universe is balanced because they come from an aspect of them being gods. Um, I believe. And mm-hmm. Not talking about any specific person, but when you have that kind of control over the world, it's just, um, it's not about being good. It's about being um, like balanced. And it's like, okay, yeah, we might kill 100,000 people, but look, we're going to save, you know, 200,000. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it, but the question back to them is who, and we always say this, who are you to judge? Who made you, who died and made you God? Um mm-hmm. And I think that's where they don't get it. It's like, well, it's in my control and it's for the greater good. And it's, it's kind of like with Thanos, right? Thanos was only seeking what? Balance. Balance mm-hmm. of humans with nature. He was like, well, yeah, half the people will disappear, but <laughs> it's for the greater good. Um, yeah. it's, I think it's the same mentality of these dumb people don't see the bigger picture and if we leave it up to them to convince them, it will take too long. So let's just go ahead and manipulate them and then they'll understand later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. That's a great way to look at it. It's, they feel like in the long run, you know, they, they will have done better than, you know, even if there's going to be suffering in the middle of it. And I kind of feel like that's the same kind of premise behind a lot of these wars going, going back to that. I feel like they're trying to, kind of remake the world and there's going to be a lot of pain and suffering you know in the in between but they're going to try to they think they're going to get to that kind of utopian society where of course they rule and everything but um, in the long run they they somehow think that they can make the world a better place well let me ask you this question and let me just i want to see where you stand on this yeah is it could it be possible that the bloodshed is necessary to reach their goal you know what? That is a great, uh, that's a great thought, like a sacrifice sort of, is that, is that yeah. what you mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm beginning to wonder. And that's, it's pretty morbid to think about, but then again, they go into these, you know, like I think it was Madeline Albright in some interview, they asked her if, if, if she thought, uh, I think it was like a half a million Iraqi children, their deaths were worth the, the first Iraq war. And she's like, yeah, I think it was, you know, it's like to even be able to say that, you know, it, it's kind of unfathomable, you know, really to, I, I don't know. It takes so a, you it, and me, yeah, to you and me, it does, because like, who are we to judge? And I don't even, I never want that kind of power right? to have yeah. to be able to be able to make that decision. But to them, 
you're like, well, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna go out there. <laughs> what a good friend, what a good friend of mine calls 3 a.m. I'm gonna go 3 a.m. for a minute and say, okay, we have this plan and we're dealing with these dark entities, whatever they may be. And they said, if we offer them up the blood they need, the sacrifice, then on the other hand, we'll meet or have the power or the means to reach our goal. And in the in the greater with some total of things, it'll be a positive gain. Yeah. Yeah, that is, <laughs> I mean, it, it does make sense. It really does. And, and you, you know, the like you see, like uh I forget his first name, but the, the main Rothschild, the really old one that looks like the guy from uh, the Simpsons. And I see him pictured with um uh, Abramovic, I forget her first name. Uh, yeah, I know you're talking. Yeah, yeah, and, and they're like in front of this huge painting, and I looked up the painting, and it was some had an occult meaning in the painting too. And I'm like, why would the richest, one of the richest men probably in the world, at least that we know about, is standing there with this this satanic artist? You know, it's just you've got to wonder if uh, more of these people aren't into some really really dark stuff. And mm-hmm. and we but just isn't that what the Aztec it. was into? I mean, look at the Aztec. What they do? They took two people to the. I mean, I'm just oversimplifying, but right blood sacrifice at the end of the day. Yeah. When you go to ancient Egypt, what do they do? Uh, well, all the first males have to go. All the males under three have to go. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. it's for the greater good, right? You know, um, it's this blood sacrifice. And if you look at today, what I mean, look at how our country, you know, saying is built. Is if you want to look at you no know, reproductive rights or you know Planned Parenthood is you know an altar, and yeah. maybe they're saying <laughs> we have to keep uh, feeding these gods um, their 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 due. Um, we don't have wars anymore, <laughs> you know, on the scale that we used to. Mm-hmm. So I'm just thinking, like, constantly is it is it. Well, it'll be for the greater good. It'll be for the greater good. It'll be for the greater good. Um, and I think you can really get up. And there's something I do on the show. I try to humanize these people. Because if you just demonize them, you'll never understand them. Not saying I'll ever agree with them. But like, right. how do you get to that point? How do you get to become a madman? Like, I mean, nobody is born. Like, I don't think anybody's born a madman. You know, um, I just think it's incremental power. And it's like, with power comes responsibility, which gives you the justification which you know what I'm saying this goes into the cycle of more power more responsibility more justification for the evil that you do mm-hmm. and then when you look around it's like well look at what I built I built one of the greatest cities ever known to man I built one of the greatest towers ever known to man I built the pyramids I built you know uh, something's right yeah. but they don't they don't <laughs> they don't value the spirit or, or the soul yeah and I think they they probably look kind of down from their ivory tower so to speak and and they look at you know a lot of uh and i hate to say this but there's a lot of people average people that are not it's not that they don't have the ability to to think and and be fairly intelligent but they just have been you know whether you whether it's education or just uh you know tv and in pop culture has dumbed them down the news and all that stuff they don't use their thinking skills and and they probably these elites look down at the the masses and they're like well you know 
they're so dumb that you know they they need us to to save them and, you know it's their greater purpose right that's how they look at it. like it's their greater purpose to die for the uh advancement of civilization yeah that's the greatest role they could do i mean they could they could go and clock in at work every day for 40 years and then croak over from a heart attack you know from eating fast food what what kind of living is that mm-hmm. but to know it's noble for them to die <laughs> yeah um, for the greater good you know it's the ultimate sacrifice and yeah. i and i really I, like i said i don't know i'm not for sure but i really think that's how the thought process goes of of how you can dehumanize somebody um but i mean if you look at it on a on a um uh exoteric level isn't that how we came about some of the greatest structures that we have including the railroads Somebody had to go in that uh, in that tunnel and blow out the dynamite, you know, to you know, cut through the mountains to make it across the whole United States. And it's oh, yeah. like that's just that's a life that had to be given, right? It's 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 sacrifice for progress. Yeah, um, and I think that's the mentality that they have is just it's sacrifice for progress, and their role that they gave up is greater, far greater than they would if they were just useless eaters. Yeah, yeah, I think so, man. That, that makes sense they um you know they it's just amazing how that's basically been the case for probably all of history you know with different types of monarchies and dictatorships and democracies and republics and stuff like that and the the people in charge have used kind of this um i think kind of an an occult mentality of course occult just means hidden and mm-hmm. if they knew the tricks of how to manipulate the masses, of course, they're going to use them, you know. And, and I think that uh, that's probably why you see so many kings in the modern era that were Freemasons and stuff like that, because they, you know, they, they learned this, this hidden knowledge that they could communicate with each other without other people knowing. So and that's kind of went over into entertainment. And I know you guys talk about entertainment a lot, and I've learned a right. lot from you guys. I remember um, I, I was in like a heavy metal band for about 10 years and we weren't like the, the like death metal, like you could understand the lyrics and everything. But I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, dude, you, you don't understand. It was a younger person. I said, you don't understand the pop music people now look more evil than the heavy metal people in my day. I'm like, just by the way they dress. I'm like these, these, uh, you know, their shows they're doing real occult rituals like this stuff has been rehearsed and they've they've looked back into how these things were done they've they've done their research this is not just some people coming out and choreographed you know being choreographed and this is there's a lot of thought goes into these things oh yeah and when you look at these people who they it's never the artists right they always have uh, designers and set designers and uh, mu- um, music video directors and handlers and wardrobists and you know uh, uh, stylists and these things that th- these people are blank canvases and it's mm-hmm. like well they have the power to attract or they have this god-given talent so now let's take this god-given talent <laughs> and run it through the Disney uh, mind control uh, program which, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, this is just called a spade a spade, right? Yeah. Where they take um, an innocent child and they, you know, and they use that child to build a rapport with your children. 
And then right around the 17, 18 years old, they flipped the the the, the beta sex kit and switch on them. Mm-hmm. And and then from there, it's like, okay, we'll take all the people you built that rapport with, all the children you built rapport with, and you'll take them right with you to the other side. And it's just rinse and repeat. Look at Hannah Montana, right? Hannah mm-hmm. Montana was the salt of the earth, good girl. Uh, but if you notice, she had uh, dual personalities in the show. Now, you could look at it like, oh, she was hiding her identity. Well, yeah, that's what we're saying. <laughs> but I mean, uh, but it was two people there. But then the real person came out when she became Molly Cyrus. And then she became this ultra sex, over hyperly sexed uh, individual. Yeah. And no telling how many people she took with her. And this is kind of how I got on this path is um, hip hop was, I'm a big hip hop fan. Mm -hmm. Um, And hip hop was one of the first people, forms of just uh, mass media that was talking about the Illuminati. And this is, we're talking about pre-internet days. So it's like Illuminati, Illuminati. You mean you hear this word popping up, popping up. And it's like, so when it finally when the internet came, people was like, what is this all about? I mean, because you had to go to the library and dig it up. You know, when I say internet, I'm talking about people that had uh, computers in their home. You know, I mean, of course, internet was around in 96, 97, these things, but just yeah. readily available. And right, I think right. the more accessible internet is, people start to hunt this stuff more and more. It's like when the smartphone came about and YouTube came about, hell, half the YouTube content is conspiracy theory stuff, or was. Yeah, um, because people are just interested in it and curious in it, and we see these signs. Because one of the first thing that turned me off, um, I still love hip hop. It's my guilty pleasure. I can't lie. Yeah. But one of the things that started becoming aware to me and opened my eyes, I remember I saw Jay Z, and he started with these weird hand symbols, and you were write it off, and uh, that's not what they mean. But then one day he had this um, hoodie on, and on it, it it was a black hoodie. He had black sunglasses, and on it, it has "Do What Thou Wilt." I'm like, what does that mean? Go look it up. That's uh, Alistair Crawley. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Then, and then Jay-Z, he he was good with your, the lady that you mentioned, uh, Abronovich. She directed one of his videos. Hmm. <laughs> wow. So go, if you go watch the Jay-Z video, uh, we run this town with Kanye West and Rihanna. It looks like an Antifa rally. And we're talking about, about back in, I think, 2012, 2014. Don't quote me on the date. But it yeah. predates Antifa. Right. But all of them have masks. If you want to look up, you have the internet there, yeah, just look up, uh, run this town. You can see the imagery. They all have masks on. And it looks like an Antifa rally from this last summer. Wow. <laughs> Talk about <laughs> so predictive like, programming. Exactly. And it is. And, and I, I truly think it is, it was preparing people for what is to come. But music does that, right? The psychedelics and everything else, right? It, it, the 60s, it prepared people um, for LSD, which they had LSD way before the hippie movement came along. Yeah. It was like, how do we introduce this to the public? Okay, well, we have P-Funk and we have Hendrix and we have all these other people. No, let's take Senator Woodstock and we'll pass these drugs around. I forget the other Woodstock that went wrong. And it wasn't Woodstock, but it was a Woodstock-like uh, event. And it went wrong because they started having bad trips off acid. But yeah, if you look at all these, all of the um, uh, top people from, I think it's called Laure- Laurel Cavern. Uh, I think Laure- Laurel Canyon, yeah. Laurel Canyon, yes. All these people have military industrial, uh, uh, military industry um uh, ties their parents did 
Yeah, yeah. You think all this is by coincidence? I mean, no, I don't think so. That's just, but that's just me. But no way they have. This is just all coincidence. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's just there's too many of them that had those ties to for it to be a coincidence, you know. And it's like that was such a big movement. I, I was listening to somebody the other day, and they're like, when you think about the '50s to the '60s, the change, and especially with the drug culture. It was so massive, more so than probably any other uh, change between two, uh, you know, 10-year periods. And it's like the CIA was all over that and Tavistock Institute and, you know, all that. So, and and I'm sure that they've been involved in every form of, because we know the CIA has influenced art and and, um, been behind all kinds of other things. So they probably behind a lot of different types of music that has been influential over the modern era yeah and i, I think what i don't know if you're familiar with fabian socialism or not yeah everybody bit, yeah. thinks everybody thinks we're communist or capitalist or oligarch or whatever you want to call it i really think this this is um we're ruled by fabian socialism and i think it's like well we'll give them parameters and we'll let naturally occur what occurs right so mm-hmm. I think if they wanted an ultra conservative movement, then they'll let uh, the counterculture reign, right? And it's like, okay, so we, uh, you know, problem, reaction, solution kind of mentality of yeah. we'll let the counterculture seem like it's growing out of control and people will call for censorship <laughs> and to lock it down. Um, so I think it's, the, I think that's the way it works is they, they promote the side that they want to lose. So mm-hmm. then people will feel their natural reaction to that is the winning side. And it's like, okay, we got what we wanted from the, from the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that too makes sense. And, and the way they kind of bounce, you know, you're, you're only given two choices, basically, uh, you know, the left or the right, and, and they kind of switch it over every four to eight years. And I feel like they try to keep this kind of balance and they usually don't let it tip too far over. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've let it tip pretty far over the last you know the last four years but like they or usually, did they yeah. or did, that's the that's the thing are, are we the predictive program i didn't mean to cut you off sorry no no that. no i want to want to make a point there or did they because look at handmaiden tales that mm-hmm. was the reaction to what things getting super liberal right so is the reaction to this we're going to go into like the 1950s again where everything on TV is going to be sanitized. I mean, because if you look at it, I think we're, if you look at American history, repeat the same thing over, you know, like the 1920s, I think we're now in the 1920s, now where they were at in the 1920s, right? You had the, uh, the mm-hmm. flap, the, I think it's called the flappers or fappers. The girl, you know, like what, the 1920s was wild. I don't know why we think this thing about our parents, 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 we're like these super conservative. The 1920s was wide open. You had all the same things you had now um or or even worse um so but if you want the ultra conservative you let the or the ultra controlled you say okay we tried it we let the humans have free reign and this is what they had right we gave them the free internet we gave them um uh free will to choose and look look what they did they said uh chemically uh inundating children with hormones was okay 
let's learn from our mistakes. <laughs> you know, and then then here comes the controlling big brother lockdown. It's like, well, y'all made us do it. Yep. That's true, man. It's it's <laughs> and, and like with the Fabian socialists, it's like, you know, they started the London School of Economics. I think they mm -hmm. started the Wharton School of Business, and and people think because it's a socialist that they don't like money. Oh, but they do like money a lot. They just want to be in control of it, you know. And and I I think you're right. They want to make us kind of. I think they 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 intend to make it somewhat comfortable in the future, but they're forming these kind of public-private partnerships and they're, you know, kind of, which is kind of fascism, you know, uh, but they, exactly. I don't think, that's my point. <laughs> that's, yeah. my, that's my point. Yeah. But I, I don't think they want to outright kill us all in a bloody massacre. You know, I think they want to make us semi-comfortable and then put us in a position where, you know, we won't speak out when they are doing things because we'll be dependent on them for a lot of our necessities for life. And I don't know, that just seems to me like where things are going. But I mean that's that, that that's that's the point I'm making. That if you let one side run rampant, then the natural reaction will be the other side to counter that. Yeah, and it's like well, yeah. neither one of you not like what you're like when, like when you're fighting with your sibling. I don't know if you have a sibling or not, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like one guy's the antagonizer, and then the other guy has a reaction, and then the mom comes and is like, "You both go to bed." Yeah, <laughs> <It's> like, exactly. <laughs> So yeah. I think that's how Big Brother's gonna work. It's like, yeah, you both go to bed. Uh, you get a social credit score. You get a social credit score. You didn't know how to act, and that's what they wanted from the very beginning was all of us to be controlled and monitored and tracked and and you know and measured in some kind of way. But they just couldn't bring that in. And one of these perfect examples I always bring up with this is I think this is how they work. And like I said, a lot all this stuff. This is just my perspective that I'm sharing. But I, it just, it, it, when I see it, it's kind of like when you start to predict what happens next, <laughs> you kind of start uh, having a lot of confidence in your skills that like to read the tea leaves. It's kind of like tell, it's like kind of like um, predicting the weather, right? Um, mm -hmm. Nobody knows it's going to rain tomorrow. But if you can look at the humidity and the barometric pressure and all these things and say, well, 90% of the time when these conditions, it rains. So that's, that's kind of the point I'm getting to. But I think one of the perfect examples with this it was with Uber. They always wanted to bring in self-driving cars, right? Mm -hmm. But they couldn't say, okay, we're getting rid of cabbies. We're going to bring the self-driving cars. So what they did was they propped up the drivers, uh, the freelance drivers or the gig workers, and say, you know what? These cabbies are out of control. We need to have some balance. So it's like, okay, bring in the Uber drivers, you know, and the Uber drivers put the cabbies out of business, and then they're going to say, you know what? Well, we don't really need drivers anymore for Uber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So then you get rid of drivers. So it's like, they always knew that was the eventual goal, but it's like, let's play one off the other and then we'll win in the end. Yeah, that's right, man. They, they, they work in increments and it's like, in fact, the whole new world order type of thing has been done in increments, you know, and, and you lose your personal freedoms in increments. They can't do this stuff all at once. Like you were saying, they have to just, and they condition people slowly over time to where they just accept everything and think, oh, that's normal. And, you know, it gets to a point where it's like, I think people are starting to be like, wait a minute. I mean, not enough people, but mm -hmm. wait a minute. They're, they're doing things for a certain reason. Maybe they're not doing them to help us after all, but <laughs> it may be too little too late, but uh, thanks to, you know, guys like you and Adam and, and yourself. 
<laughs> thank you. Thank you. We're, we're all doing our part, man. Like I said, that this is what it takes. We all have to do our part and we all have a role to play. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that um, we kind of have to stick together in this community. I see a lot of people who, who kind of go after each other over petty things. And it's like, you know, we're such a small group, you know, of people considering if you look at the big picture, you know, with the mainstream media, corporate media and, and the government and all that kind of stuff and entertainment too, which is like, you know, like a big, uh, you know, a big part of the, the, the propaganda. And we're a very small part of, you know, trying to get the truth out. So I definitely think that people need to continue the fight and, and, uh, try and do their part, like you said. And, um, and man, this has been awesome, dude. I really appreciate you coming on. This has been a great conversation. I'm so man, glad I really to... enjoyed it myself. I hope that I can come back another time. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll talk. And uh, and I, I knew that we, just from listening to you, I was like, man, we could go like 20 different ways. But uh, I'm glad that you suggested that we talk about the occult because I think that uh, you said some great things and hopefully got some people thinking about you know, the, our world and, and the things that we see and hear and and things that are happening and sim the symbolism and stuff like that. So yeah, it's like I said, it's all right in yeah. front of us. So, I mean, yeah, and, but I'll say this, don't let it interfere with your personal life. Cause that, I think that's where people get into that. You know, it starts to make them be isolated. And I don't know if you know about Christmas or not, but when you start looking to the origins of like actual Christmas mm -hmm. and holidays, yeah. Yeah, I, this is one thing I struggle with, right? Because when I started studying, I'm like, well, this has nothing to do with Christmas. Yeah. And you will be the Grinch. And it's like, whoa, I'm not gonna let you turn me into the Grinch. Okay. I mean, but that's that's the re react the reaction to it. It's like, okay, I could either be the Grinch and nobody wants to be around me, but or I can know the truth, you know, and then if, if people don't want to, you know, uh know the truth, it's like, okay, they're still family. I still love them. You know, yeah. what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna shut myself up in the room and be uh you know uh, uh, humbug, you know, by humbug. So it's, yeah, uh, yeah. So I just an example, like, don't, don't be that person. But it's, you no, know, just pat, say stuff jokingly, and then they're like, oh yeah, I know, it's the, it's the, it's the Illuminati, right? It's like, like I didn't <laughs> say it, you said, you know. But yeah. then people start saying it for themselves, and they'll come back to you. I have people come at me two years later, like, did you know? It's like, really. <laughs> 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 that's an awesome feeling i've had that happen a few times too and it's like <laughs> you you realize that you planted a little seed and, and and they they knew you were the person to come to to talk about it it's like well the, you know at least you're at least you realized it you know it's better than uh waiting till it's too late so and one thing real quick i wanted to mention too is okay we we're talking about propaganda a lot in in the occult and i you know, it just hit me. You were talking about the news, like Edward Bernays, who's you know considered the the father of propaganda. Mm -hmm. He was as much an occultist as Aleister Crowley, if you think about it, because the his techniques that are still used on us every day to fool us and manipulate us mm -hmm. that is, that is a form of spells. I, I believe witchcraft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's control. So, yeah, right. So I, I think people ought to think about that because. We, the news is so horrible nowadays and, and even pop culture with a lot of the, the movies and stuff. It's just a lot of, a lot of propaganda and programming. So, 
Well, Mo, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, will you tell us how to listen to your show and how to get a hold of you? And Sh- sure, um, you can get a hold of me. Uh, you just go to uh, mofacts.com. That's M O E F A C T Z dot com. Same for the YouTube channel. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter. I don't participate on social media that much, but if you're looking for the final content, you can find it that way as well. Um, as you know, I'm sure you are value for value. Um, we don't charge anything for our content, but if you find any value in it, you know, just show us value back. Um, that can be in time, talent, or treasure. <laughs> so we have certain people do things for us. They may not contribute money, but they um, contribute clips or uh, uh, articles or anything like that. So that's how you find me if you're looking for me. Very cool, man. And uh, what day did you guys do the show weekly or is it? To be honest with you, it takes me about seven. No, it takes me about seven to 10 days to get a show together. Gotcha. But I can't tell you when the show is done until it's done. And, and, and that's not being funny or facetious, but it's a labor of love. <laughs> and yeah. I never want all it's like it's value for value. So I have to give you value you know, to receive value back. So I, I, me and Adam, you know, have like tried to be on schedule, but it, it, it lands when it lands. Right. And it's, and it's, it's amazing. Um, sometimes it, that one last clip or that one last set of clips comes in like the last day or two. It's like, yes, that's the cherry on top. All right, now we're ready to go. (laughs) So that's, that's how it is. So if you do subscribe to our, our RSS feed, uh, it'll show up in your podcast, uh, uh, favorite podcast app or check out podcasting 2.0 or you can also um, just follow me on youtube and, it, and when it when they drop um you'll be uh, uh notified so yeah it's not on a schedule but that's just that's, one of the quirks of the show that's one of the wrinkles as the same way here man uh, because you know if i if i'm interviewing someone i can usually get it out quicker but i mean you put a ton of work into your shows and i'll just tell people check out the show it's like it's very entertaining and both the guys are funny, but also it's very educational too. And you put your work into it and people really learn something. And I try to do the same thing here. So it takes me a while when I do the shows by myself to get all the information out. So I totally you, you know, that. cause I mean, I don't think people appreciate how much source material we have to go through to find a minute clip, right? <laughs> you might yes. listen to three hours of a long, boring lecture to get that one aha moment and you can't make that time up. I mean, there's no way of, I mean, you could listen in 1.5 speed or whatever, but you might miss something. So it just takes, that's the time that we put into it is our actual time consuming this um, content and boiling it down to where it's nice edible bites for the listener. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) Well, cool, man. I appreciate it. I, I'll definitely be in touch with you in the future if you'd like to do another show. And Oh, man, anytime, anytime. Awesome. All right, man. You have a great night. All right. And as I always say, pay attention to everything and the truth will reveal itself. All right. Thank you for having me on. You're welcome. Thank you, man. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. That was my show with Mo from MoFax with Adam Curry. I suggest you check out his show and his videos as well. He does great work, as you can tell. I really enjoyed that conversation, and I do hope to talk to him again in the near future. And I want to just remind you guys that I have a Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the odd man out. 
and you can join the Society of the Cryptic Savants over there. I did a two-hour show with researcher Michael One a few days ago, and that'll be going up on the Patreon, the video part, a week before I put it out on the audio feed in the Podbean. So check that out if you wish to, and I appreciate your support. Please, please, as always, please share the show. It helps more than anything. And join me on Twitter or Instagram at underscore the odd man out. I've got some cool stuff planned ahead, but I do apologize for taking so long to get this show out. I've just had a lot of stuff going on personally, and I've been out of town. So, you know, it took a little bit longer than normal, but I hope it is worth it. And I was on a show called Shadow Citizen the other day with Rachel McIntosh, and she does a great job. She has a video show, and she does audio as well, so please check that out. I was also on with Deborah Gets Red Pilled again with Mitch Vuck and that podcast, along with Adam, of course, and so I think that should be out any time now, so look for that as well. And uh, with that being said, I want to wish you cheers and blessings, my friends. I look forward to bringing you new content that I am working on right now. But most importantly, remember, their order is not our order. I'll see you guys.